So we're in Acts 11. I love the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts, are you allowed off this or does it? The book of Acts is like a constant explosion of unusual kingdom events breaking out wherever God chooses to work next. It is the most exciting book. Yes, Paul. I'm sorry. I just need to know you're with me. It is a very exciting book because things keep breaking out which have never been seen before. Somebody gets imprisoned. There's a healing. Somebody, you know, they have a massive prayer meeting. Buildings shake. Somebody goes off to another area. The whole thing is exploding with a sense of heaven happens to be in charge. I love this book because it tells us that the ultimate is there's no stopping the increase of God's kingdom. There is no stopping the increase of God's kingdom. So, so we're in the book of Acts and Tim I know preached last week and I just want to take the little bit that Sue read out now because I'm fascinated with this whole issue of a city called Antioch which is where it's centered in this little passage. And uh, if you remember in the story... Um, uh, Stephen is stoned. I think it's in, I haven't got my notes, I think it's in Acts 7. Don't look up anything tonight in case I'm wrong, okay? If I say I think, it's my little guarded comment. I think it's in Acts 7. Stephen gets stoned. Listen, there's a persecution breaks out. How many of you here have ever been in persecution? Serious persecution. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, do you know two-thirds of the body of Christ is now in persecution? We're not two-thirds is. Stunning, isn't it? But what always happens with persecution is people are scattered because of the persecution, but in the glory of God, as they get scattered, they simply carry the kingdom further away than would have happened if they all stayed together. So it's a win-win for God, and I don't mean persecution's easy. I mean persecution. I felt like that once. Didn't you? Did you ever do that? Do you ever do it as an adult but cover it up? It's, okay, so, so persecution leads to an increase of the kingdom. And I, I don't mean that lightly. How many of you know that there are probably 200,000 believers in the nation? He means it, doesn't he? He really means it. Like, how many of you know 200,000 in the nation of North Korea who are believers? I mean, that is stunning, isn't it? You can't stop the gospel increasing wherever it starts to spread. So that's the story in Acts 11. Saul's been persecuted. And now what happens is that disciples go up towards Antioch, just taking the gospel to Jews. But then some of them start breaking the rules. Can you imagine it? They talk to Gentiles. Can you imagine it? The Jews start talking to the Gentiles and the Gentiles love it. And so we arrive in this city called Antioch. And it says, as they talk the gospel, it says, the hand of the Lord was with them. Yippee. How many of you from university here tonight? Any university students here tonight? Wave at me. Don't be in... Oh, my goodness gracious. Tim, you're outclassed. I mean, outnumbered. Sorry. And uh, if the hand of the Lord is with you, there's no stopping the increase of his kingdom. And so what happens in Antioch, it says a great many people turned to the Lord and believed. It was like a, a whole influx of men and women came pouring in to the salvation of Jesus in this city called Antioch. Pretty cool. Great many. And what happens is, in this influx of believers, I didn't look at the clock, in this influx of believers, what happened was, was in Jerusalem, the apostles kind of think, man alive, what's going up in Antioch? 
we better go and check it out. Good thing. So, who do they send? Now, you're going to have to talk to me now, because I haven't got any notes. Who did they send? Barnabas. They send Barnabas. So here comes Barnabas, he's shooting up from Jerusalem, gets on his camel or whatever it is, and heads for Antioch to check out the news, however it was heard, that there's been an outbreak of heaven and many have believed. How many find this quite exciting? It's a little bit, you know, just a little bit, isn't it? Do you know, I'm getting off track. Okay, stop, stay. So what happens is that um, Barnabas we first hear of in Acts 4. How many of you can remember what he did in Acts 4? See, I'm ahead of you, really, even though I haven't got any notes. Acts 4, Barnabas sells a field and gives the proceeds to the feet of the apostles. He's just a really generous guy. He just does it. But here's the cool thing about Barnabas, because I want to concentrate on him for a minute. The cool thing about Barnabas is this. Do you know what? When Saul gets this encounter with Jesus in Acts 9, or somewhere there, when Saul has the encounter with Jesus, gets knocked off his donkey, profound encounter, he rocks up to Jerusalem not long after that, and the disciples will not believe he's a disciple, because you know what? He was a murderer before of Christians. Do you remember the story? Just nod. All right? And so what happens, if you remember the story, is he arrives in Jerusalem, they say, you know, be like, how can I describe it? It would be like, you know, the head of ISIS or somebody wandering into a meeting and saying, I've met Jesus. Wouldn't it? It's a bit like that, isn't it? And you think, how many people say, you're kidding, man, that guy, he murders. And so the disciples won't receive Saul in Jerusalem. And then it says, but Barnabas. One of my favorite verses. But Barnabas. Do you remember what Barnabas does? He gets before all the disciples and says, listen, let me tell you what happened to this guy. He met Jesus. He's been preaching fearlessly up in Damascus. Many have come to the Lord. You need to be with this man. Why why is that an exciting story? Because I want to introduce this man. Barnabas is one of my heroes, seriously, seriously, New Testament heroes. I I think he's a magnificent man. I want to be something like him because I love everything about this man Barnabas. He champions someone who people won't believe in because he sees the grace of God in them, even if the rest of people can't. And he kind of says, no, 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 no. I'm staying with this man. How do you know not fearing men releases you to champion people who God's with? And so that's Barnabas' background. And now, now they're sending Barnabas to Antioch and he's told to go and check out what's happening in Antioch. Try and stay with me in this. It's really important. The danger when we come to check out something is we come and check whether people are doing it right or not. So I can imagine in the normal things, Barnabas would come to, I need to check out that they're doing it right according to how we do it in Jerusalem because we're checking out the quality control here. We need to make sure things are being done right around here. So let me just check with my little religious yardstick whether they're doing it right. (laughs) You may laugh at that, but the history of Christianity is absolutely corrupted at times with people who are trying to check out whether others are doing it right and heaven has broken loose. And how many of you know when Barnabas got to Antioch, it's like... Do you know what it says there? It says, I think it says in the Bible, it says this, it says, but when Barnabas saw the evidence of the grace of God, which, which is the best way, isn't it? Isn't that the best check? 
you understand the difference? You can check out whether something's right. Are you doing it right around here? Are we doing the rules around here? Have we got this Christianity thing wrapped up well? But I tell you what, a far better joyful check is, is the grace of God flowing here. Is heaven backing this? And I can see the evidence of the grace of God. Isn't that a better way? And here comes this fabulous guy called Barnabas, and he kind of comes into Antioch, and he just kind of walks around in my imagination, and all he can see is the powerful evidence that God is at work, and he doesn't really check up how well they're doing it. Is this good administration? Is this excellent? He just says, wow, God is at work here. And he's, he's, just, kind of, he's just joyful about it, and he says he encouraged them just to stay true to the Lord. Isn't that a great heart? I'm going to pray for Barnabas's tonight and Mrs. Barnabas's. I'm going to pray. I tell you what, this man's a hero. So, so in the middle of Antioch, this beautiful man arrives, sees the grace of God, and then it tells us why he's a man like this. Watch out for character phrases about people in the New Testament. Have you, have you figured, haven't you, character's more important than charisma? Haven't you? You've figured that, haven't you? It says this about Barnabas. For Barnabas, oh, have we got any verses? Oh, anyway, it's in there. For Barnabas was a. Somebody read it out to me. What's the first word it says about him? Stop. Say it again. Carol, thank you. For Barnabas was a good man. Does that mean he was nice? Sort of sweet man? No, I believe if God is good, Barnabas reflected something of the goodness of God within who he was. It's a fundamental thing. He was a good man. Like every bit of his heart was full of the goodness of his heavenly father. He was a good man. Then it says this, Carol, go on. Full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Not bad qualities, is it? He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. What was his name? Do you remember what his name was in Acts 4? Anybody remember it? Son of son of encouragement. So we can be a son of something, can't we? It can be something we bear within us because we live under it. He was a son of encouragement. So here comes Barney, he comes into Antioch and he's a good man full. My life has been to a constant quest which I don't always succeed because I leak sometimes too much as being to be full of the Holy Spirit. I just, I just want to be full of him, don't you? We're born to be full of something, aren't we? We're born to be full of something. I certainly don't want to be full of bitterness. I, certainly, I don't want to be full of striving. I do want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And of faith. Some lovely testimonies this this evening, weren't they? Thank God, moving in the university. I don't want you to be too quiet. Sometimes you could say, yippee! (laughs) Not to be, you know, rabbly, but sometimes it's just, God, thank you, you're moving in the university. Full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. These young guys. Where's Simon? Simon was somewhere. Simon, yeah. I don't know whether there's a Lord or not. I have a kind of strange little picture of you. I'll just say it, okay? Because you don't have to take it if you don't want it. I saw in the coming year that God's going to move in certain ways you've never seen before. 
quite beautifully. And I saw you under pressure on your left and right to have to know what to do in the middle of whatever was happening. I saw you under pressure from here and voices here. Then I saw you go into your room on your own, shut the door. I saw you kneel down and say, God, I don't know what to do, but would you give me wisdom for this situation? And I saw him giving you, Simon, unusual wisdom this year at certain squeeze moments when you just didn't know what to do. But you went into that secret place and the Lord just loosed to you from heaven wisdom. And you'd then come out and you'd know what to do. I felt like it was a year of just great increase in that place with him. So I hope that helps. So, Antioch, I don't know where we've got to. Are we doing all right? Barnabas, 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 Barnabas. Son of encouragement. I believe Barnabas's release an atmosphere of just great release and encouragement to everybody else. How many of you would like to be somebody who's always interested in the release of someone else rather than yourself? Thank you. Two. Oh, three, four. Okay. I'm, I jo- but you know what? I think that's a foundation of the kingdom, especially of an apostolic atmosphere, is that you're always interested in finding the gift in others and seeing them come into their place rather than what about me? Barnabas is like that, wasn't he? I mean, do you know what he does next? If you read in the next little bit, do you know what he does next? So in the middle of this movement of God in Antioch, which, by the way, was the third largest city in the Roman Empire, a key city, in the movement of God in Antioch, Barnabas does this, which I think, again, such a secure man, he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Do you know what he does next? In his mind pops Saul, who by now has gone to Tarsus. And Saul's pretty gifted. He was preaching fearlessly before. We're not told, but we could deduce somewhere inside Barnabas, he thinks, you know what? We need Saul around here. This thing's popping. This thing's just all over the place with God. We need Saul here. He goes to Tarsus, which I don't know how many miles away that is. Martin will tell you afterwards. Thought you minded geography, huh? Across the sea, wasn't it, honey? Yeah? Libya? No? Okay. Which sea? Okay, don't worry, we'll talk later. What? Oh, the Mediterranean. Really? You sure? Up the coast. Okay. So Tarsus is just up the coast, just across the sea there, and um I thought it was Libya. No, okay, all right. Anyway, it's over there. So what Barnabas does is he gets back on his donkey and now he goes all the way to, to, to Tarsus and it says he looked for Saul. I mean, these are amazing narratives, aren't they? I mean, just imagine it. This guy is pursuing someone who, knows, who he knows is needed but nobody's bothering about and he's stuck in Tarsus somewhere in the desert. And he finds Saul and he brings him back. And it says for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul preached and taught the disciples in Antioch. What a beautiful heart this man's got. I want to just give you Barnabas tonight. I want to say to you, I believe you can have a whole bunch of Barnabases and heaven breaks loose because they're always looking for others' gift to be brought into the mix and so suddenly it's made richer than if one person does it. How many of you know the days of one person on their own are over? God is looking everywhere for men and women who just say, how can, I, how can I lift up who he's made you and release you to be who that is? How, how can I get behind, can I get behind you as well? What about me? 
You know what? When you do that, God certainly takes care of how he wants you to be. Don't you love that stuff? I hate the spirit of this world that says, I've got to be at the top of things, don't you? Bit of a rant, but it's a good one. Here's my favorite story while we're on it and looking at the clock. Here's my favorite story in the Old Testament that parallels Barnabas. My other hero in the Old Testament is Jonathan. Remember the story of Jonathan? Jonathan and David are close, what? Say it. Friends. Friends. You like friendship in the kingdom? Or is it co-workers? I'm on the... Uh, team's good, I'm sorry. I don't want to denigrate what everybody's... But, but, but friends. Jonathan and David were the closest of friends. It's a profound thing. You have to read the story if you haven't read it. 1 Samuel. And uh, Jonathan, his dad is Saul, who is the current king and a deeply insecure man who wants to kill David to make sure that Jonathan becomes king after him. And a horrible battle ensues. Here's an incredible thing somewhere. Later on in 1 Samuel, it's, it's, there's a conversation between Jonathan and David. And this is what Jonathan says to David. Listen. He says, David, who he loved with all his heart. He says, David... I know that you are going to be king over Israel. And then he says, and I'll be second to you. (laughs) Can you imagine it? I mean, we're talking about a huge, you know, royalty. Israel, the grandest thing would be to be the king on the throne. And this beautiful man called Jonathan, who loves David with all his heart, because how many of you know friendship goes way beyond function when you have a friendship? All you want to do is see your friend do well, don't you? And so he turns to David and says, who's at the time a bit of an outcast? You know, who would bother with David in the royal palaces? And Jonathan, the king's son, says, David, I know you're going to be the king of Israel. And I'm going to be second to you. Like, what man or woman says that easily? But that's the same heart as in Barnabas. Do you know with Barnabas and Saul, interesting by the way, their names are paired. Is this helping you at all or am I off track? Okay, you just pretend. Okay, their names are paired like Barnabas and Saul until Acts 13. And suddenly, as you know, it turns around and it's Paul and Barnabas. Why is that significant? It just means God's changed the order. There was one order. Then God changed the order. But you don't have to be threatened by an order change when you know who you are and you know no one ever can take your place in the race he's given you. Can they? It's a stupid idea, isn't it? You know, it's a bit kind of crowded and I don't want, you know, Tim taking my place because for crying out loud, there's seven billion people in the world who need to hear about Jesus. I think it's reasonable broad way, isn't it? Isn't it? How do we get onto that? Antioch. So, Barnabas, to me, is a hero I want to hold up to you tonight as a beautiful man, a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, who always looked for others' gift to see it brought into place so that the place itself would thrive. It wasn't about him. Just to finish off, because the clock here says 20 past 6. Three minutes. Yes, you said yes. Finish off, did you? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to finish quick then. So, <laughs> just say this. A prophet comes into town. What's his name? 
in the story, I mean. Agabus. Agabus. Anybody here called Agabus? Just checking. All right. Agabus comes into town and he prophesies. All I want to earmark. See, I think what's fascinating about Antioch is this is. It's the first truly apostolic center in a city in the whole record of Acts. It's the first time you begin to sense, oh my goodness, this isn't just a, a regular church. This isn't just, you know, great, a few churches, whatever. But something's happening in Antioch that seems to be unusual, as though the grace of God's been poured out. Barnabas, an apostle, as apparently he's, you know, meant to be, comes down, sees the grace, is stunned by it, doesn't need to control it, doesn't need to get it in order, just champions it, encourages them, gets other gift in, then a prophet arrives, they teach for a year. I get the impression the whole thing is a thriving apostolic community who are just releasing people everywhere until eventually they start affecting the region and then even other nations. That's quite exciting, isn't it? Isn't it, Ellie? And the point is, Ellie, age isn't a concern. God's not interested in age, is he? He's just interested, are you full? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Faith? I love Antioch. I've read it and read it. I'm so pleased to have it tonight. I'm not sure whether I should have had it, but I got it. But I'm so, I love Antioch. I love Barnabas. I love this sense of no big names, but everybody is thriving and disciples increasing everywhere and many are believing, it says. Twice it says a great number believed. Of course, missionary journeys spread out from Antioch. Can I just be a bit personal? Because I've been around longer than anybody here in Bath. Just checking. Definitely, yes. I've been around much longer than any of you. Do you know, I've heard again and again over the decades big prophetic words that have declared that God has called Bath to be an Antioch. I can hear it once and think, oh, yeah, 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 I guess every city gets called Antioch. And I can hear it twice and think, well, maybe. But after the third, fourth, fifth time of God speaking, I've called the city to be an Antioch. My kind of... Hunger is aroused. God, what would it look like? Not that you imitate Antioch in Acts 11, but you learn things from it, don't you, about a certain culture, a certain atmosphere, a certain heartbeat that somehow is a little bit more than just regular church as we've known it, although that's beautiful and good. But you realize God kept speaking to Bath and saying, and I'm going to call you even to affect other nations. And so as Sue and I have journeyed for... Yes, just for, I won't mention how long. For a long time, I travel with these words and my heart gets more and more excited that we're now in days when God seems to want to loose that kind of atmosphere where even, I don't know, Ephesians 4 gifting, prophet comes down, prophets and teachers were in Antioch, somehow is in the mix so powerfully that all of God's people are coming to their very best. Do, do any of you dream here about what might happen to God's church in Bath? Do, do you dream? Oh, come on, guys. Those of you half my or quarter my age should be having much bigger dreams. Um, trust me, mine are big. I dream of his people coming to their very best in a stunning way in this city where great miracles are breaking out. Many are coming to the Lord. The power of God is everywhere and there are no superstars left. 
Because God's people have become so equipped and anointed, they're coming into their finest hour. And this city rocks. Including the university. So the end of Acts is quite stunning. And, um, well, I guess, I guess, I guess you guys, you feel hungry. It feels like you're hungry in here for more of God. Hmm. It feels like you're hungry for more of God. It feels like there's an atmosphere in the room here as though great release is going to come in these days where one after another finds who they really are and release each other into that place. It feels like there'll be no stopping it. How many know neat and ordered could be very boring? Uh, by the way, I believe in order. But do you understand when I say neat and order? It kind of like, it nukes this glorious, surprising work of the Holy Spirit that breaks out. What could happen this week even? If we get into the slipstream of an axe atmosphere, you know, what could happen this week? Maybe he just kind of pushes you here and suddenly that happens and that happens and that happens and news comes back here and you all get praying and then there's another move in the university or whatever. All of that. That's what the inheritance is, isn't it? For us. Amen. Amen.